Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today we have a crazy nuclear revenge story against a Sunday school thief. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, my bully got what he deserved. Robert has always been a pain to me, he's never really liked me, and I don't get why. He was only ever around every once in a while, but he seemed to make it a point of duty to make my life a living heck, and it started with the bullying. The moment I got into junior high, Robert attached himself to me, except it wasn't attachment like Remora and a shark, it was closer to the attachment a lion has with a gazelle. He was a class ahead of me, but you wouldn't know it from how much time he spent making my life miserable. He was such a stereotypical bully. The pushing in the hallway, wedgie giving bully who made mum jokes whenever he could. I tried to stand up for myself like my dad had told me to, but that only seemed to anger him more. One day during lunch, he walked up to me. I should have guessed what he was about to do, but somehow I expected him to be better than that. My mum had made me sandwiches for lunch. With it, she had also given me a bottle of orange juice. I wasn't the most popular person, but I had my group of friends, and we usually ate lunch together. We weren't the Hollywood description of nerds or anything, we just weren't particularly popular. That afternoon, as he walked towards me, one of my friends, a guy named Malik, nudged at me. Malik had always had my back, and he'd even stood up to Robert a couple of times. Of course, that only ended in him getting bullied too, but it felt nice to know someone was looking out for me. When he got to my table, I was about to ask him what he wanted. Before my mouth could move though, he simply got a carton of milk from the table. It was Malik's, and then he poured it all over me. I sat there in shock while the students around gasped and covered their mouths. At that point, I'd had enough. Who cared if he was way bigger and stronger than me? I was going to get my lick in. I was going to stand up and hit this bully. Adrenaline pumped through my body and it made me literally shake. However, before I could move, I saw a fist connect with Robert's face. It was Malik's. For a brief second, Robert looked bewildered and a little scared. For once, he knew what it was like to be the gazelle. However, that fear was very quickly replaced with anger and he tackled Malik and started a big fight. As you can probably expect, Robert played the victim when the case got to the principal's office. He, after all, had not been the one who threw the first punch. For some reason, the principal seemed to side with this. For some reason, no one talked about the fact that he was bullying me. No one ever remembered that. Honestly, is there a thing with schools and excusing bullying? Is it like some code they have to follow or something? Anyway, Rob the Bully got off with just a warning, while Malik got suspended for a week. It made no sense whatsoever. Malik had just been defending me. If the school had done what they were supposed to do and prevented the bullying, Malik would never have had to fight anyone. I felt really guilty about it too. I felt like I was the cause of it all. Malik was a very good student, straight A's and all that. This whole situation would definitely go on his permanent record. It simply wasn't fair. I apologized multiple times to him, but every single time, all he said was that it was nothing and Robert had it coming. The one positive thing that came from all of this was that Malik and I got closer. 
For a few days, Rob avoided me completely. However, he soon started to go into bullying withdrawal and he was back at it in no time. Life, you know. You'd think that Rob would lose interest in me after a while. You'd be really wrong if you thought that. He was utterly relentless. I bet that if he put all the energy he used bullying me into something productive, he probably would have found the cure to cancer or won a dozen Olympic gold medals. However, if there was one thing I could count on, it was that at the end of the day, home was the one safe place where he couldn't find me. At least, that was until he could. Allow me to explain. I have a sister. Her name is Jessie. Jessie doesn't go to my school, but she's a year older than me. Apparently, she somehow met my very personal messenger from heck in a store and they started talking. By the time they left, they had swapped numbers. They continued to talk and meet up and he somehow managed to convince her to date him. Perhaps my sister was held at gunpoint or perhaps he simply had some form of charm I'd never seen. But she seemed to actually really like him. When she told me about this guy she was talking to and really liked, I expected a really handsome dude who was extremely sweet and sensitive. Imagine the absolute shock when she finally brought him home to hang out and I saw him. I pleaded with her to break up with him. Unfortunately, love does have its ways on the human mind. Instead, the belief was that I was exaggerating and that her sweet boyfriend was definitely not a bully. So now I had a different problem entirely. I had to deal with Robert's bullying and get him away from my family. By the way, his bullying didn't stop just because he was dating my sister. The only thing is that he was more discreet about it now. I continued to manage it though. I figured that I'd find a way to record him and then show it to Jesse. At the very least, she'd break up with him and I'd never have to bother about him being in my home again. At the most, he got so ashamed of getting caught, he never bullied again. And she still gets to break up with him. However, my many plans to expose him basically went nowhere. If anything, my sister seemed to be more in love with him by the day. And I had to walk in on them eating each other's faces more times than I'd like to admit. There was a little bit of hope though. Both Jesse and Robert were in the 12th grade. Soon, they'd both be off to college. If I could endure just a little longer, I could be rid of my bully forever. The very thought of that filled me with joy. I did wonder if Rob would be so addicted to making my life miserable that he'd elect to stay behind, just so he could continue to make me awful. Of course, I knew that the probability of this happening was almost zero. However, you never could tell with Rob. Then one day, I saw something that made me change my mind about the whole situation I was in. I caught Robert cheating on my sister. I usually took the bus home immediately after school. However, the day I caught Rob, I was training for a debate competition. Our school had one of the best debate teams in the tri-state area, and I didn't want to disappoint at the competition. We had a couple of weeks away in any way, so I told my mom to come pick me up after practice. However, that day she was running a little late, so I took the time to take a little walk. It was while I was walking around the track that I saw them, Robert and a girl from his class kissing passionately on the bleachers. I was absolutely shocked. I mean, I knew he was an absolute scumbag, but a cheat as well? That was just bottom barrel. The jerk was so into it, he didn't even notice me. I just turned around and quickly walked back the way I came. I would have run, but I was certain that if I did, he'd hear my footsteps and know I'd caught him. When I got home, I considered just straight up telling Jessie about it, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. She probably wouldn't have believed me if I told her anyway, so I decided that there was a better way to go about this. 
For a quick moment, I considered using what I knew to my advantage. I had something I could use against Rob for once. I could blackmail him with it and get myself some peace and quiet for once. In fact, I could even get him to do some things for me. It would have been quite amazing, but then again, it wouldn't have been fair. It's my sister we're talking about here. I'd be getting some peace, but it wouldn't erase the fact that he was cheating on my sister. One day, she'd find out and she'd be very hurt. More by me because I used it for my own selfish purposes. So I decided to do the honorable thing and tell Rob to leave my sister alone. I had his number. Don't ask me why. So I messaged him and said that I needed to see him at the parking lot after school. I knew that curiosity would make him at least show up. I wasn't going to meet him without backup though. Malik, who had for the past 8 months been learning Taekwondo, came with me for the meeting. When Rob finally showed up, I straight up told him that I knew he was cheating on my sister. However, I added a little lie when I told him that I had photo evidence of this. All I asked him to do was do the right thing. Leave my sister alone. She obviously deserved better. I didn't care if he continued to bully me, honestly. I just didn't want him to hurt my sister. Shockingly, he called my bluff about having photo evidence and told me that if I wanted to tell my sister about him cheating, I should. To him, it didn't matter whether the relationship ended or not. I was absolutely confused. I thought he cared enough to at least want to maintain the relationship between my sister and him. Instead, here he was telling me to do my worst. He left me no other choice. I told Jesse about what I'd seen. At first, she doubted me and yelled at me to leave her room. However, it seemed that she later confronted Robert about it, and he admitted to it. The jerk went as far as telling her that he'd been done with her after the second month of them being together. He called her boring and annoying. That had broken her. As she ran away from him sobbing, he yelled at her to tell me that he was going to end my life. For days after Jesse broke up with him, I was constantly on the lookout for him. I expected him to try to get revenge in some kind of way and I didn't want to be taken by surprise. Malik insisted I go on the offensive and attack him, but I was too scared of it going wrong. Eventually his attack came. One day after school, he and a couple of his friends grabbed me. I didn't even see them coming. To be honest, I didn't see anything or anyone. I just felt a sack go over my head and then a hand over my mouth. They threw me into a van and then drove off. The entire time, they didn't even speak. I have no idea where they took me. When they finally stopped, they dragged me out and beat me like their lives depended on it. They beat me until I could barely feel pain again. Then they left. I was found by a pedestrian who immediately called for emergency. I spent two weeks in the hospital. While I was there, police officers came to speak with me a couple of times. I told them I was almost certain that Robert was behind the attack, but apparently he had a good alibi. It pissed me off. By the time I was finally discharged, I decided that I was done being the prey. For once, I was going to go on the offensive and ruin my bully's life. It was a little hard thinking of how to get revenge. Luckily, I had Jesse and Malik there to give me suggestions. I have to tell you, for a seemingly sweet lady, my sister has some really dark thoughts. Eventually, we settled on setting him up. It wasn't going to be easy and we had to make sure that all the evidence pointed toward him. The easy part was spreading rumors on the down low that Rob was making and dealing drugs. The one thing about high school students? Rumors spread like wildfire. Soon, everyone was talking about how Robert was a dealer. We even got to see a few Breaking Bad inspired memes about him. It was hilarious. 
The hard part of the plan was actually getting narcotics and then sneaking into his house to plant them. Luckily, one of us had dated him and knew just where his family kept the spare key. I don't know where she got the drugs, but Jesse got them. Then she planted them. The final part of the plan? Dropping an anonymous tip with the police. The plan worked like you wouldn't believe. In a week, the police had not only arrested Robert, but they had come to our school to investigate. As the word had been going around that he was a dealer, it wasn't really hard to get students to talk about it. It didn't even seem to matter that no one had actually seen him deliver or collect drugs. Needless to say, the school expelled him. In fact, we even had an assembly where the principal and the local police chief talked to us all about the cons of using and selling drugs. Eventually, Robert was convicted. However, since he was a first-time offender and all the prosecutor could prove was possession of the narcotics, they gave him a light sentence and a year of probation. I never really heard about Robert after that, and honestly, I couldn't care less. He hurt me and my friends and family. He got what he deserved. Do you guys think that what happened here was really justified? I mean, Robert definitely was a super scummy jerk, but did they deserve this light sentence and a year of probation? I'd like to know what you guys think down in the comments. That said, our next story is... I hunted down my Sunday school thief. I can vividly remember the day my mom told me I was going to join Sunday school. I had just been caught talking to a girl, yes, talking, by one of her friends who told on me. My mom, being the ultra-conservative character she used to be, ran with whatever exaggerations might have been added to the tea from her friend and decided to cleanse her son from all evils by subjecting him to Sunday school. I personally never knew what she was trying to achieve with that because I just saw Sunday school as an excuse to leave the house and meet my peers and talk to more girls, obviously. She also made my brother join me in going to Sunday school because why not? And that meant we were in the same class and I was used to being two classes ahead of him so it affected our class relationship dynamics a little bit. Contrary to what I might think now, Sunday school wasn't half Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Bad. Sure, they made us clean the entire church, but apart from the days where bazaars and other church events held, it was a pretty easy job because humans actually respect cleanliness in the house of God. I also used to be very curious as well, so I used every opportunity I could get to study the church, especially the Catholic artifacts, architecture, and statues. To be honest, those were probably the main reason I kept going at the beginning. We usually converged around 3pm to say the Holy Rosary. 
It was a Catholic Sunday school. After this was the attendance taking, and they were really serious with this part for some reason. I thought the church should be big on free will. Then came the lessons. Sunday school classes in my church weren't like the regular Sunday schools people are used to because they combined it with classes for people who were ready to receive one of the sacraments of the Holy Church. From Holy Communion to Holy Matrimony, so the classes were a very mixed bag. You could have a 9-year-old and a 35-year-old in the same class. This didn't really mean much apart from the fact that the few boomers always wanted to uphold the laws and customs of Sunday school. I must admit, it was weird seeing people in their 30s try to police little kids who were in the same class with them, but we usually paid them no mind, and many of them eventually learned to mind their business. However, as time went on, the size of the class increased, and so the coordinators decided that the best way to continue without causing any issues was to make the classes split after opening prayers and remarks. This way, Sunday school was split into a class for people who just wanted the Sunday school experience and classes for people who wanted to receive each of the sacraments, as well as the Sunday school lessons. In this arrangement, my brother and I decided to join the Sunday school class that offered the sacrament of confirmation for passing, as it would be killing two birds with one stone. Our new class was lit because most of us were in the same age grade, and the boomers from our old class weren't there to criticize adolescent kids anymore. The church was located close to home, so a lot of the kids in my class lived around and many even went to the same elementary school as me, so settling in amongst my classmates was no trouble at all. Settling in general was a bit more difficult though, as we had the meanest teacher out of all the classes. A teacher so mean, even the boomers rejected him. But we were stuck with him because we were kids and couldn't exactly question the church authorities. He was a disciplinarian who made it mandatory for all the students to come into class before him if they didn't want to be punished or if they wanted their attendance to be recorded. And he also allowed no form of chatter in his class. So he basically sucked most of the fun out of having an excuse to leave the house. That wasn't to be all, as he also announced to us that only those with above 80% attendance would be allowed to sit for his exams. He declared students absent for getting to class after him, so this was a problem, especially as he would always come during opening prayers to take his attendance record, and ever since the classes got split, I wasn't a fan of joining in the opening prayers early, but now I suddenly had to. I wasn't too deterred by this though, as I wasn't the only one on the boat. Most of the boys in my class never even showed up for opening prayers. So what we usually did was find an opening during the prayers where we could sneak in through the back without getting caught. It's not like we couldn't have just joined the prayers earlier, but the bonding experience, while going late together and then having to devise a means to sneak in, was top notch. Don't blame me, I made a lot of friends doing this. At least, I thought I did. As I said earlier, a lot of my classmates in Sunday school were old schoolmates, including some old classmates of mine and some old classmates of my brother, but as the class dynamics would have it, I ended up spending more time with my brother and his classmates. This was no major concern though and we actually got along quite well. We would always chill before class and talk about sports and girls and this was the reason we didn't join the opening prayers early most times as we almost never arrived to church late. 
They also became my brothers in plotting how to sneak in through the back during prayers, and I don't know if I was the bad influence or if they were. It was a confusing time, okay? We mostly had each other's backs, and so I felt I could trust them with anything whenever we were in church. But letting my guard down didn't end well for me. It was another Sunday, and we had a shortened class for a reason I don't quite remember, but we finished an hour early. So we were just chilling till it was time to clean the church pulpits as was customary. I left home without enough juice in my phone so it needed a charge, and when class was dismissed early, I took the chance to look for somewhere I could plug my phone in, and with the help of one of my brother's mates, I was able to find somewhere. After some minutes, it was time for me to join in the cleaning exercise, and so I put my brother's mate in charge, as he had told me he was going in after we were done, and I trusted him well enough at that point to believe him, so I left my phone with him and went into the church. On finishing the exercise, I was ready to go home, as I was sure my phone would have charged up to a decent level. So you can imagine my shock when I went back to where my phone was and saw neither my phone nor my brother's mate. He had fully disappeared into thin air with my phone, but was nice enough to leave the charger. I was shell-shocked because my mom had just given me that phone a few months earlier after using it for over a year, and there was nothing in the world I would have said to convince her that I wasn't possessed, so I began to look for him. Surely he couldn't have gone too far. After searching around the church for minutes without luck, we began to seek solutions and decided we might have to check where he lived to see if he had gone home with my stuff. We knew he didn't live far, and we knew that some of our classmates would know where he stayed, and luckily for us, we found someone who knew where he stayed and was willing to show us. After minutes of walking, we finally got to his place, but we found it empty. So we decided to go back to the church to wait because it was possible he might have been hiding in plain sight, and so we waited while we plotted how we were going to get back at him. Other boys who were more familiar with his antics also decided to wait along with me so we could ambush him whenever we caught him. Although their numbers began to dwindle the later it got, An hour into waiting, and the only thing keeping me motivated was avoiding the wrath of my mum. At that point, a couple of the boys were already telling me to let it go, and that we would be able to recover my phone the next Sunday, while the others who were more familiar with his antics told me there was a possibility that I would never see my phone again if I couldn't get to him that day. I obviously believed the worst case scenario, and why wouldn't I? The guy looked like someone who could do such a thing, and I wasn't about to be in denial just because he was my brother's mate, so I was ready to hang around as long as possible until we found him, and we finally did. It was the end of the final church program of the day, and people began to troop out. So we put on our natural eagle eye vision, and we finally spotted him. There he was, coming out of the church exit in a crowd of people looking pretty oblivious, so I began to run towards him when one of the boys who had waited with us shouted a bit too loud that he'd seen him, and this drew his attention. He knew we were after him, so he began to bolt, and the chase was on. I and about four other boys, including my brother, chased after him. It was raining, so the terrain was a bit slippery, and a couple of the boys had near slips but continued to chase. We knew the way to his house, and we were prepared to chase him till we could catch him. But when he started to run in a different direction, everyone began to split, which wasn't ideal to the chase. But I kept my eyes firmly focused on him. I was determined not to lose him and basically entered fight or flight mode. Fueled by the thoughts of my mum's reaction, 
I had probably the biggest adrenaline rush of my life. It was so crazy because here I was, running after someone on a path I wasn't familiar with, in the dark, wet and slippery conditions. By the time he eventually lost me, I realized I was familiar with the area I found myself in and was able to deduce that he was going home from there, so I stopped running after him and simply found my way to his house. On getting to his street, I met some of the other boys who also decided to go straight to his house, and we got to know his parents would be around, so we made a plan to expose him to his parents. We got to his house door and knocked, and you can't even imagine the look on his face when he saw all of us. He got on his knees and began to beg us not to let his parents know and told us he would give me my phone and them whatever they wanted, but after all he had just put me through, I was in full vengeance mode. I went straight to his living room with the other boys and exposed all his dealings to his parents. And when he couldn't deny the allegations, they went crazy on him. Now, I can't say all what they did because I'm trying to keep it PG, but let's just say I achieved a real sense of satisfaction, but that didn't mean I was going to end my revenge plan there. I also had the plan to expose him at our next Sunday school class. We got home really late that night, and as we opened the door, we saw our mom stood there with a belt in her hand, ready to question us more than the police to a criminal. But when we explained what had just happened, she eased up a bit. Even though she wasn't happy with the fact that I took the phone to church, she was honest enough to admit that she admired our bravery, especially as she saw the condition of our pants and shoes. The next Sunday came around, and me and the other boys were in class early. We even joined in the opening prayers this time so we don't miss any opportunity. The prayers passed, the classes were finished, and there was still no sight of him, so we thought he was avoiding us for that week and would surely be back when the situation dies down. But when we didn't see him for three straight Sundays, we had to inquire as to what happened to him because at that point he'd already fallen way below 80% attendance. Not that I cared too much about that, but my spirit of vengeance was waning by the day and was almost gone by the third week. We reached out to the boy who showed us the way to his house as it seemed they were quite close. And he told us that ever since that night, my phone thief has been completely grounded by his parents. They had stopped him from going anywhere without supervision, including Sunday school, and also had people watch his every move at school so he was unable to resume. More weeks went by, and the next time we would see him was during the exams. At this point, I didn't really care to embarrass him in front of the class anymore because everyone had already found out, but the icing on the cake was when he was unable to sit for the exams because he didn't meet the attendance requirements. The rest of us sat for it and passed in flying colors while he was told to return the next year. After the exams, I remained friends with the other boys from class for a while before we had to relocate after a few months. There was also no Sunday school for me in our new location because my mom had left her annoying friends behind. As for my Sunday school thief, I would never see him again, and my brother also cut ties with him, so I always wonder if he ever changed his ways after what happened. You would certainly hope that somebody who went and tried to be a thief like this and got so exposed for it would ultimately appreciate being exposed for it because maybe that ultimately gave them the platform to learn from that experience and, you know, be a better person. Although there are definitely a lot of people who, once they head down that road, it becomes very hard for them to turn back. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, 
check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.